0: Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast. I am Matt Kinzer, here with always with Creative Director of Celtic Way, Scott Jenkins and i don't know what to tell you scott we're, we're gonna flip it around today and we are. Usually, usually i'm the one that keeps you on track today you're gonna to be the one that <laughs> keeps me on track because we're going to talk about the book i released this last november called bring it home so i'm just gonna hand it over to you and then i'll be your little interview guest for the day okay
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Thanks for the book. And I just love it. So that's the title of the book, everyone. Bring it home. The subtitle is just as intriguing to me, The Adventure of Finding Yourself After Being Lost in Religion. Yeah, so he was proud to give that book to me, somebody who was a pastor for 30-some years. (laughs) He goes, here you go, read this. Yeah, so I did. But it so dovetails into our li- our last podcast, because there we were talking about lived experience. And I I never get tired of beating that drum, that it is in our lived experience where the Spirit of God is writing, right? Writing the next episode of Holy Scriptures being written on our hearts through our experience. And we've, I really believe one of the keys of revitalizing Christianity is getting back For everybody to discover that, which you had done so beautifully in this book. I can't tell people enough how much that I really, really appreciate what you've done. So, yeah. And so I'm talking about rich content that comes right from Matt's life. So, that's one thing. That's the what of it, the content, right? But here's the other thing that's so intriguing and so energizing for me. It's about the method of sharing this. Here we go. So, there are filters that you've put on this. (laughs) (laughs) Some, anyway. And I love the transparency. Because in order to get at this, at what you're really trying to, to share with us, there is a relationship about vulnerability and transparency and honesty, and all of that is wound up into being a human being. Matt, is so good. I got to stop saying that, but it's just so good. Okay, so here's my first question. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. What was it? What was the tipping point uh, uh, that uh, moved you to write this book? Like it's more than just why I want to delve into like, what are the internal workings of what really got you? Okay, now I'm going to sit down and do this.
0: I, I mean, this might sound like every author you've ever heard from, but you know, it's something I wanted to do for a long time. Ask Susie, ask my parents, even, you know, they've heard me talk about wanting to put stories down on paper, you know, but I never under, you know, you have those ideas jostling around in your head and you don't like, why would you spend time doing that? And Mm -hmm. then I guess really got to a place in my life where things from a faith background or from a religious space kind of all crumbled. They didn't kind of all crumble. They did all crumble and lost Mm -hmm. community, lost friends, lost career, all of those kinds of things. And then in the midst of that hardship kind of clawed my way back you know i was never willing to get rid of faith altogether but felt like i was hanging on by a thread and then for about a three four year process both susie and i kind of clawed our way back into discovering what it is about faith God's spirituality that truly matters to us and for me it was just you know most of that process was just going through the stories of my life and tracing the fingerprints of god through all of the stories and when i did that it was really healing and just this really beautiful experience that made me feel you know within 4 years of it feeling like it all fell apart feeling like it couldn't be more put together and so when i felt kind of that wholeness from mm-hmm. such brokenness i thought okay every almost every week that i would be out in our community or be online somebody would reach out to me and 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 just share some sort of story that was similar to my own and so i thought well this has worked for me why don't i at least just throw it out there into the world and see if my stories help dig up other people's stories as a way to connect with god outside of i guess a overtly religious context if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah.
1: So much in the opening salvo. So much. And I want to point this out valuable to our listeners who are interested in living out Celtic Christianity today. So you and Susie. Susie
0: is your wife of how many years? In May, we'll have been married for 25 years and have known each other for, 20, well, been dating and married for 28. So yeah, no. kind of up on three decades here, Scott dude, 25
1: years. That's, not, yeah. that's something to celebrate. That's really yes. great. Congratulations. Um,
0: especially to her, congratulations. <laughs> especially to me, congratulations. <laughs> like Good job to Susie. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that it's imp- so important having had you as guests in our home um, and see how you interact with each other. You share the road, right? Mm-hmm. Darius uh, Rucker we'll walk the road together for a while you know and and you guys do that beautifully and i'm sure there's a you know what we what my wife and i witnessed to having the two of you with us was such a wonderful expression and i'm i'm sure that sometimes that dance, it gets you guys are pretty open with each other and pretty real, right? And so she can be a, a really uh healthy place to bounce stuff off. And likewise, and you talked about the two of you were kind of going through this, what shall we call this? Sort of the dismantling of your faith. And, or mm-hmm. and 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 so and then it was time to rebuild. The gong sounded by something both within you and outside of yourself, though, so, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the ball was struck, and, and there was this, like you said, there's a process of, the, of life's journey. And today, you have reached this evolving point, the two of you, and you specifically, where you're feeling really good about your faith journey, mm-hmm. right? So I want to ask you, when you think about, when everything was falling apart faith-wise, however one speaks of that. It's kind of hard to get specific language on this kind of stuff. And here you are today where things are, and I don't want to think about this mechanically, but things have been um, put back together.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I imagine they don't look like what they did before. Right. Can you tell me something about your view experience your understanding and i know that's not complete your belief about god the way it was before what's that like now
0: yeah well that's i mean you know going back to what you said about susie and i the beautiful part about there's so many beautiful parts about our story but one thing that's important for the listeners of this podcast to know is that we've worked together in ministry pretty much since the day we got married. And so what happens to me happens to Susie. What happens to Susie happens to me, as I know you can relate with Scott. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, what I went through and what was hard for me, she also had to go through just as much. And she lost friendships like I did. She lost, uh, you know, I mean, the, the short version of the story is, you know, I started rethinking faith little bits at a time over about, 12 years, and then it all fell apart all at once when (laughs) I I got dismissed from a missional faith community that Susie and I started. And the leadership team that I put in place basically kicked me out. And that's the time when, you know, kind of it felt like the bottom fell out. But for me, and speaking of the book, the reason why the book is so important is because I feel like my understanding of God as a young person um kind of went off the rails through earlier adulthood and now it's almost as if it's come back to this very beautiful simplistic connection with all sort of faith and so you know as i was growing up the thing the thing that makes me a bit celtic not only just my irish roots you know because i'm polish so i'm Mm -hmm. not celtic but as far as celtic (laughs) spirituality number one my priest was was uh from Ireland. But number two, um, the way I came to understand faith, the first thing I can remember about questioning or asking things about God was by, I, w- I would sit out on this rock behind my pro- the property that I grew up on. And I remember just looking out at the Wisconsin River Valley, just, just having that really overt question of like, is it possible for there not to be a God if all of this exists? And that was the moment I feel like that faith just became a part of me. And then, you know, as that got more formalized, you know, going to Catholic school, going to Catholic church, and then going to college, getting involved with college ministries. And then because Susie and I are musicians, people asked us to start doing music at churches and then started hearing this message that there's a right way to follow God. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. <laughs> and honestly, because of the people that were saying that were people that we really liked, that we really appreciated that really pour a lot poured a lot of their lives into us we were willing to accept that as a possibility that okay there must be a right way to do this but then after trying to follow that kind of evangelical right-winged right way <laughs> it just it didn't fit me at all and so that started to fall mm-hmm. apart slowly but surely just because it wasn't the space where where god made any sense to me you know Uh, for me god has always been a god of wonder a god connected with nature and then really um early on in our relationship scott you talked about this idea of you know when we talk about community it's not just about people it's about being in community with people nature your surroundings everything And that was one of the things that made more sense to me than anything. So I would say if there is a a connection, like if, if there's a way to describe my spiritual walk today, it's a deep understanding of God everywhere, all the time and everyone and everything period. (laughs) I love that.
1: That's good stuff. Because this is the story of your life, obviously this is not like climbing the stairway to heaven, which everything is on a on a movement where everything's getting better and clearer and better. And so you've talked about how it has it was assembled, it's disassembled, now it's being reassembled, and it's a, and it's a process, you know, and that comes out so clearly in your book, and. There are such wonderful successes that you share in your book, and there are some just fall on your face, fall flat on your face failures, aren't they? I mean, just some, and then there's a couple embarrassing episodes in there. I'm trying not to give it away. I will never forget the image of you climbing over this fence that has the, the barb sticking up and, and ripping out your jeans as you're coming down on the other side. And and so that's kind of like one sense of like a failure, or miss, whatever. Um, but I want to get a little more serious with you. So here, we, uh, these are end of the spectrums, right? So we have failures here, successes here. They play a similar role in our lives if we can accept that what role do failures and successes offer you over the years
0: uh i would like to say they play a similar role scott but i would say that (laughs) failures play a much more profound and meaningful role and i hate to admit that (laughs) and, and i don't like it but you know there's i've had some in some ways i look back at my life and it just looks like one failure after another but each one right you learn from and yeah. and it's all about how you define failure as well you know because in some ways getting kicked out of the faith community i started you know at face value looks like a horrible failure but it's also a success because i wasn't willing to compromise what I was feeling in my heart. That's why I ultimately got kicked out, you know, as a group of people who wanted a very specific right way to God and me saying, no, what about if God's everywhere all the time and everybody and through love, you know? Um, and so it's a failure that I got kicked out, but it's a success that I stuck to what I believe deep inside. You know, I got, um, I basically got dismissed as a prison chaplain, which looks like a failure because I I basically got let go, but it's a success because I went in there committing to never give up on the men that I was there to serve. Right. And so I wasn't going to bow my knee to the administration in order to, you know, go against why I was there. And so it's interesting because most failures can all you can also just look at them differently and see a success out of it you know your your most difficult spaces in your marriage feel like a failure when you let your spouse down or when with your kids you feel like a failure when you let your kids down but as long as you learn from that and your marriage gets better and your relationships with your kids get better then it's so wonderful i don't i mean the only thing i guess i've learned from successes in life like overt successes is that you know it's hard work can pay off but you know it's they're right. fleeting. Success is fleeting. What I would say where, where failure seems to stick in really wonderful ways. Right. I, I when I succeed, I get there, high five somebody and move on. Is kind of what it feels like. When, oh, when I, Okay. When I, when I finished the book, Scott, I thought it was going to be this. When I sent it off to the publisher, I was like, "This is going to be this great, amazing moment. I'm going to, you know, pour myself a drink, celebrate with friends, or whatever." And I just i i hit send. And I remember walking out on my porch and it just happened that nobody was home. (laughs) So I just kind of looked around, shook my head and then went back and did some other work, you know, it wasn't (laughs) a big big to do. Um, whereas you have to ponder and you have to consider and you have to work with other people to know how to best make it through. So I don't know if that makes sense. It felt like a little rambling, but there you go.
1: It's not rambling. It's the good narrative of what really is. And I, um, I really appreciate that. It's part of the, you know, it's what I like about the book. It's a narrative, and it's just flowing right from your heart about your life experiences. Couldn't ask for better than that. I would say this. Um, the the One of the chapters, I said number 10 or 11, um, and it has to do with the word inconsistency. So um, this says more about me than maybe about you, but I just appreciated it. Um, and I want you to tell me a little bit about that because I think it's somewhat related to what we just talked about. Um, I'm not the only person that's going to talk on or listen to this podcast that has struggled with one kind of addiction or 10 others. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I've had my share of issues with addiction. And I came across this chapter the first time, Inconsistency, and I went around it. Mm. The word, and being right there as a title of a chapter, I was like, okay, so um, I think I'm going to move on. (laughs) I'll come back to this, you know. Right, Um, right. Of course, I went back. So, talk to me about that chapter of Inconsistency, because I As a spiritual director, this is one of the words I hear most often in people's, they're like, the spiritual journey is filled with
0: inconsistency. What message do you have for those folks? Yeah, I would say, yes, it is. And I would (laughs) say that's part of life. But I think for me, this was one of the big things that really started me questioning some of the leaders that I was listening to. And it really came down to, like, I believe so deeply in my heart and like the very core of my being that God, wherever love is, that's where God is. So if you want to find God, look to wherever you see love in this world and he'll be right there. I mean, God will be everywhere, but if you want to see the most vibrant version of God, it will oh be the center of love. But the message I was hearing from the religious circles that I was in is that if you don't do it right, then you're going to get punished. Like not just punished, but like in, in the chapter, I talk about like a youth group that was talking about the idea of hell, you know? the the inconsistency that i was seeing is we would talk about love so much but then we would talk about hell so much at the same time and the same religious constructs and if if love looks like a god who sends people to hell in the way that we were talking about it to me it seemed like a very abusive relationship and if that was between a man and a woman we would tell that woman to get out of there and we might even call the cops on the man right we probably would but yeah. when we talk about it in the context of God, we say, "Oh, it's a beautiful rendition of love, which to me seemed like a wild inconsistency. So I either had to have a different idea of God or I had to have a diff- or I had to have a different idea of the afterlife. And for me, yeah. you know, I choose to rethink kind of the idea of of hell <laughs> as opposed to rethink the idea of the God of. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but that's one of the most interesting topics, you know, uh, it's amazing to me because it's such a core theology of modern Christianity, yet I bring it up in normal conversation to just about any person who identifies as Christian and they yeah. will, they will lean toward the way that, you know, I would say, I think they will lean toward the idea that yes, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yet they continue to, you know, walk down the same path, which is interesting and so, I mean, love's got to be love, right? Love can't. There's, I heard this quote, Scott, said, there's no hate like good Christian love. Oh, oh ouch. That, out. that sums up what I was trying to get across in that chapter about right. the inconsistencies.
1: I just appreciated that you named it and put it out there, yeah. you know, because right when I think, and maybe a lot of our listeners are, the same, you know. It's like right when I think I had resolved this for myself, you know, I'll be in a setting, something will come up, something. And I'll come back to this chapter. I've come back to this chapter more than any other chapter in this book to say, hey, get your act together. What's real is real, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's one of what's one I appreciate the most. What do you hope for those of us who have read or who are going to read the book?
0: Um What do you hope for us? I would say my hope, it it feels to me, Scott, like throughout history, you know, we've tried to experience God so much through organized religion and through, and I'm not saying that that's bad. I still have things that I enjoy doing that are consistent and organized, and I don't, I'm not even trying to say that there's something horrible with the organized church or any I'm not that's not what I'm saying at all with this book although sometimes people want to say that's what I'm saying but what I what I really want people to do is hear hear how wide open I chose to be on this book so when you read it see that I didn't hold much back. I mean, it's not the the entire story of my life, but the stories I told, I told them all the way to the best of my ability, the way that I remember them. And I wasn't afraid to put myself under the bus. And I wasn't afraid to share honestly, what I feel those stories represent. But the idea behind the book is that if you read it, I hope that it'll challenge you to connect with your own story in the way that i connected with mine by writing this book and i believe that if you attempt to see god in some of those you know incredible moments of your own story you'll understand a fuller more rich version of god who shows up in the middle of your failures who shows up in the midst of your successes who shows up in your parenting and your relationship with your wife and when you were a child and when you had to face death and things like that you know and and in all of it god you know and all of it god's presence yeah so my hope is that it would just cause people to take a moment to pause reflect on their own story maybe even journal their own story maybe write down pieces of their own story Mm -hmm. as a tool to have a greater connection with with god and in your own life you know so i don't want people i want people to laugh i want people to think i want people to enjoy the stories but only so much as it encourages you to think about your own stories and then you got there Right.
1: I really got that from you. I didn't get like, here I am, look at me. I got like, I'm a prism. Look at all the different colors that have come out from my life, you know. And it's it's so true. You, you hold up the basic truth. If we really want to experience and know God deeply, we are not going to be able to circumvent re-experiencing, going back and looking at and knowing ourselves well right? The two are inseparable as they go hand in hand. I think sometimes, I'm going to say this, I teach a scripture class, half for three years, and before that I've taught quite a bit. I think sometimes in certain stages of religious formation, the development of looking towards the book all the time for answers and insights, which are there, but sometimes we do that and we avoid our lived experience right and even then like when i encourage directees or myself to go back let's do a review of life i can hear the whole damn room going oh you know i don't want to do that yeah i i know because and this is such a great chapter in here where you talk about the relationship between happiness and acceptance Mm -hmm. right yeah I think today our culture is so success-driven, we have time, a very difficult time, accepting those parts of us, you know, that feel like they don't fit in this upward glide of being Christian, getting better and better all the time, or being saved, and that's the end of the story. You've really invited us to the process of living life and discerning life itself, so well done. So well done. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be meeting with a group of young adults, and we're going to be spending six weeks together once a week in this
0: book. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. You know, these are these are young people. Some of them are houseless, and some of them have found temporary housing now. And uh, we're going to be together and... This is going to be a rich experience, right? Well, I can't wait to hear about it. Oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> Do
0: we have time to peek at another chapter? Or? Yeah, we uh, we have as much time as you want to have, Scott.
1: Yeah, I thought that thing on solitude um, was really good. I really like that. Um, where has solitude been through the course of your life? I mean, I'm asking this, I've already read the chapter. Um, mm-hmm. And where is it now? And and what is this space, yeah. solitude for you?
0: Well, I grew up in the middle of, I always say I grew up in the middle of no, like outside of the middle of nowhere, because I grew up in this tiny little town, but I grew up like four miles outside of the town. So it right. was. Yeah, and just And I have a small family, just me, my parents and my brother, you know, our nearest neighbors, you know, you couldn't even see them. And so it was very much like I grew up in this space surrounded by nature. My best memories of growing up were, you know, getting lost, intentionally lost in the woods or ice skating on the pond across from our house or going in search of a tiny little waterfall, you know, whatever, seeing the eagle fly by at, you know, eye level. And so for me and a lot of those experiences scott were just i didn't even bring anybody with me you know it's just i'm going right. going into the woods i'll see you at dinner time <laughs> You know, oh, wow. uh-huh. and i loved it and so solitude like spoke to me still speaks to me but at, growing up like solitude was so meaningful and um i had to learn how to better engage with humanity growing up and being a musician that really helped with that. So that was kind of my way out of extreme introverted space yeah. that I kind of was in space. But, but the beginning of my faith journey was all about solitude and, you know um, you know, from more traditional faith backgrounds, when I would walk into my Catholic church you know, you walk in there and it's quiet. The organ isn't playing. Nobody's talking. You get greeted when you walk into the, the initial doors. But when you get into that sanctuary, it's quiet and you can hear people's feet as they walk in. And there's nothing that makes any noise until the actual mass would start. And I used to love just sitting in church looking at the little statues on the walls and Jesus on the cross and just letting my mind wander a little bit. And then when I got into, you know, other spaces of faith, you know, really in kind of like the evangelical world, um, there was this kind of phrase that would get, said over and over and over that we're created for community. And I always struggled with that. I, it would make me so upset because I was like, I feel like I was created to be by myself more than I'm created to be around other people. Right. Not that I don't enjoy conversations and don't enjoy other people, but I feel like by saying we're only created for community, we're saying that we're not then created for solitude, I guess. And so I, you know, and you, then I would walk into churches in my early adult life, um, and they'd be so loud and there'd be you know you you had that young girl call it the big show once that's what it oh yeah mm-hmm. walk in and there's like a countdown happening on the screens and the band is really loud and the preacher is yelling at you and <laughs> now i was just like whoa and um and i think you know i i tried to believe that okay well these people are saying this so the way we're supposed to do it so i'm trying to go along with it but it just you know i just never like in so many spaces in my life, I just felt like I wasn't fitting in. And then really after I got to the space once again, where I was kind of rethinking things, I had the great opportunity to rethink faith and rethink life. Really. Um, the thing that kept drawing me back was this, this call back to solitude with me, God, nature, period, you know, and then invite Pete, you know, and sometimes it's me, Susie, god nature you know but that solitude piece was the piece that to this day speaks louder than than anything and i was really honored that you know my oldest daughter macia just the other day was having a conversation and just talking about how she has not been able to find god in a church but boy put her on the back of a horse or put her in the woods and she just feels so connected to divinity in ways that she can't even describe, and I was like, "Oh, hang on to that," because I feel like I knew that when I was your age, and then I lost it, and then now I'm coming back to it. And so, and you think about Jesus; I mean, he sought out solitude. He he yeah. in, he was intentional about it, and so yeah. I want to follow in those footsteps. And and in this world, Scott, <laughs> doesn't come easy. You know, we're thankful that we live. You know, Susie and I live out on a little four acre hobby farm, again, kind of in the middle of nowhere. So we're thankful. That solitude is is easy to find, but for most, in in most settings, professionally and personally, it's so hard to find. And so yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta seek after it because I think your connection with God will be much more lovely because of it.
1: I do too. Well stated. Thank you. I think it's also the whole solitude thing and wanting that and receiving the gift that's there is countercultural. You know, mm-hmm. our culture is not wired.
0: They're like what yeah I was I was on an airplane (laughs) a couple months ago and I remember and it just stuck out to me this guy he was having a conversation not with me but with somebody else and somehow they were wanting to connect and his response was well I don't have social media so you won't find me there and I remember like the whole plane just looked at him and it wasn't like they looked at him like he was crazy it was almost like they looked at him and wished they had what he had Because that social media space takes so much of our son away.
1: I'm hoping for us to have a rabbi, Rabbi Alan Ullman on, whose ministry is going around the country into people's homes and teaching the scriptures from a Socratic method as a rabbi. Wow. One of the most powerful experiences. And I said to him one time when I was with him, I said, how do you advertise? And he's like, I don't not on social media i'm not on facebook i'm not i don't have a website i'm like he said people tell people well this has been such a wonderful conversation um obviously i'm a big fan of your book um where can people find this work matt where's it
0: how do they find this Well, this was put out through Lake Drive Books, so it is published. It's not something I self-published. It was, you know, and that was another story in itself. I was planning on self-publishing, and and just the relationship just showed up out of nowhere, which was awesome. Uh, So you can find it anywhere you find books. So amazon barnes and noble etc otherwise you can just go to my website um if you want a signed copy and you, know, you can just reach out to me at just go to the website at mattkinzara.com or my email is just hello at mattkinzara.com and i'm happy to send you a copy as well sounds good
1: and i saw a line that you and susie did an in-person sort of promo Are you have any more of those in-person events coming up
0: well, we're, we're exploring gathering together as people of faith. And so we've started, we've committed to doing it for a year. We call it the chapel. We're in, we're in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And so each month will probably be a different venue, but we're just going to gather and talk about faith and talk about kind of a new way forward or a different way forward, I guess. And so um, we'll be doing that. But then we're also going to be doing some traveling and some you know specific work regarding the book and so speaking of you know the dream the hope the the little earmark on the calendar is to be out in the denver area at the end of june at at one of your gatherings as well so just keep your ears open and uh again if you keep your eye on on the website we'll let you know where i'm going to be as well so i
1: love hearing that oh good deal well, thank you very much for this work and sharing your life and for the time you've given us today and, and every month. I really appreciate you guys very much. want to close because here we are, January 30th, when we're recording. And February 1st is quite a day in, in the Celtic calendar. It is introducing to us the season of Imbolc, which uh, technically means the beginning of springtime. I don't know how where it is, how it is where you are, Matt. But springtime seems a long ways away. So always to remember about the Celtic calendar, it's not based on dates and times, but it's based on what's happening outside. So, um, but the feast of Imbolc is uh, is very very important. It's when the ewes, the, the female sheep, begin to give birth and give forth their milk, and it it shouts out that. Believe it or not, there are longer and warmer days coming. And um, February 1st is also the great uh, festival day of one of our great saints, St. Saint Bridget. And um, St. Bridget was convinced uh, in her heart that um, this is where you're going to find God, is exactly what you said, is that we're going to find God in everywhere, in everything, in everyone, in every animal, and every plant. And this is very much what your book is about, you know. It's just like, yeah, this is so timely and so good for us. Keeping the Celtic theme alive by the lived experience of your life that you have shared with us. And we'll encourage other people to find the living God in their lived experiences as well. So great job with this and keep living life and let's see what comes after this. Maybe another book.
0: Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Thanks (laughs) thanks for having the conversation. I appreciate it. fun. Take care and thank you. You can find Celtic Way on Facebook at Celtic Way Colorado. You can also find us on Instagram at Celtic Way Official. And of course, our website is www.celticway.org be sure to consider becoming a sustaining member to assure that the Celtic way, education, and spirit continues on.